our sixth podcast, We Are Nexus Point. This week, we're going to be talking about the war in our minds. But before we get started, we're going to go and say a positive thing that happened this week. And the reason that we do that is because we need to train our minds into thinking positive. Even despite anything that happened that week, we can always find the positive in everything. So for me this week, I'm Alex, by the way, and my positive this week is probably that uh, it's similar to um, some other time I said a positive, but the little girls in my ballet class are just so cute whenever they're dramatic and they're their dance for the ballet productions coming up and they're just they're catching on really quick so I am Miss Hallie Mack and my positive this week is that my dad got to come home for a few days um, he is working out of town and out of state so we got to see him for a total of 48 hours which is a pretty long time this time hi my name is Ali and my positive for this week is that I get to eat dinner with the some of the team tonight Hi, my name's Addie, and my positive for this week is that Allie gave me a hug. <laughs> Hi, my name's Maddie, and my positive for this week is that I got a hundred on a geography test. Nice. Smarty pants. <laughs> so this week we're talking about the war in our minds. Um, and the reason that we decided to do this topic this week is because we're going to our nationals, not next week, but the week after next. And... Um, a lot of times people will get in their heads and they'll start feeling doubtful about themselves. So we're just going to touch on that subject a little bit and like get the perspective of the girls and, and ourselves and about how to deal with getting in our heads and letting the enemy enter our minds and make us think negatively about ourselves. And with that, this is not just a dance thing of getting in your head. It's also if you're a perfectionist, you get in your head. If you um, are doing just a project in school and not even if you're a perfectionist, but you still get in your head. If you're talking with your friends and they're being really negative towards you, you get in your head. It's just an overall statement about it. Um, but because we are working towards nationals, it's been happening a lot these past few weeks. Um, so the girls and us coaches wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as that goes, um, for example, if, and obviously like this can be for any kind of situation, not just dance, but we're just talking about the dance part currently, but basically what will happen is um, we'll run a routine and we'll be like, wow, that was like the best that we've ever seen them do it. And then we'll be like, guys, like, how do you feel about that? And they'll look at us like, how can you think that we were good? <laughs> You know, and I think it's important for us to recognize that those thoughts that enter into our heads are not from God. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So we're going to start the podcast off by talking about um, either a bunch of different reasons why they come into our head or certain things that we do think about when they're in our head. Because like we uh, just said, it could be insecurities. It could be things that you're doing. It could be anything. Um, and then we're going to talk about what the Bible says about it and how we can go about fixing that. Um, so, girls, do you guys have anything that you want to say about what happens or how it happens? I, something I kind of want to say is everyone has their own insecurities. Everyone has something they don't like about themselves, something they don't like how they look or they don't like how they talk or just something in general they don't like themselves. But some people are less obvious about it. Some people like to talk about it more than others, and some people just keep it down really deep. And it's important for everyone to know everyone's feeling this way at some point in their life. You're not alone in feeling this way. Going off of that, there's also different coping mechanisms with it um, that 
people don't always realize are coping mechanisms. One of mine, which everyone in this room knows, I use humor based off of my pain. <laughs> so if I'm really going through something, I make a huge joke about it and that's how I cope with it. Other people bottle it up and keep it inside. Uh, just like Addie was saying, um, oh my gosh, did we say all of our positives? Yeah, yeah. we did. I totally blanked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, some people keep it bottled up inside like Addie just said. Um, and it's just like, it's based on each person. Um, so sometimes when people talk about it all the time, it could be them being dramatic, but it also could really be them searching for somebody to help. Sometimes I might like talk to my friends about it, but like I won't go into detail. Like sometimes I'll just like be like, oh, I'm kind of sad, but like I'm just like not gonna like touch on it a lot because like I just don't want them to like have to like feel bad and like like pity me or something almost. So I kind of just bottle it down. I feel like some people when you think that you when you're talking about your issues and you're going to think that people think you're weak or that you're being emotional like Maddie said they're really not if they make you feel that way then they're really deep down f probably feeling that way about themselves they're probably sad for no for not knowing why they're sad sorry that didn't come out right <laughs> they're just sad and they don't know why they're sad and I hate that you feel that way that you can't like talk to your friends about that because you should talk about it it's just you're not alone in feeling that way, and I think they all know that. So how does these thoughts get in your head? Is it when certain things happen? Is it um, during school? Is it when you're looking in the mirror? Is it when you're doing an activity? Like how do those things? How do those thoughts enter your head? For me, it's like a mixture, kind of all of those. Like um, there's a lot of girls that are in my grade who like they just like they just look like like. The, not the like the quote-unquote perfect person you know like they have like the looks and the pretty hair and like there's like perfect like it looks like they're perfect and, like they're really smart and like I'm kind of like I wish I was like that but then I'm like it doesn't really matter because like God made me this way and then I kind of get out of my head with that but then when we're at dance and then I'm like well I mean I'm not as good as the other girls so then I'm like well mm. I kind of everyone feels that way I've felt that way before like some people, you'll see a girl walking down the street and you're like, wow, I wish I had her hair. I wish I was as tall as her. I wish I was as pretty as her. But then you have to think back to what Maddie was saying. God made you this way. God made you exactly in his perfect image. He wanted you to be this way. He wanted you to be short. He wanted you to be tall. He wanted you to have brown hair. He wanted you to have blonde hair. He wanted you to be this way. And I feel like that's something hard to understand, kind of get in your head that hey, I'm perfect in God's mind, and I need to own up to that. Hey, I'm perfect in God's eyes. For some people, it's also kind of hard to like accept the fact that they're perfect because God made them perfect in their own way. Oh, I'll go. Okay, so, yeah, um, for me, it's interesting because I'm kind of like, it, it's different than all of yours. It's not that I don't ever talk about anything. I don't feel like this happens to me as often. I don't necessarily, in my head, I think in the same way as other people do. But I am one of those people, and I know I've heard stories of other people who have this happen. So, like, if, if you're, like, so if I'm doing something, right, like, or I'm working hard at doing blank, like, you insert whatever it is, right? And I'm like, oh, like, I'm really proud, like, I did this, right? And then, like, everybody around you or, like, a friend from somewhere will be like, 
will talk about how somebody else is like so good at doing whatever it is that you also do you're kind of like oh so am I not doing it good enough like you know kind of thing and I feel like a lot of people do that without even knowing that they do that you know what I mean and I don't know I just thought of that right now but um I think like the whole point too of the discussion is that we have so many different ways that we think negatively about ourselves but something that I, I want to read this. Um, it's a it's First Peter five eight, and it says, "Sailor, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." Which sounds really <laughs> dramatic and visual, but the truth is, is that's actually what he's doing. And whenever we have these thoughts in our heads and we think negatively about ourselves, it's sometimes because we're not putting our spiritual armor up, and we're not thinking that it maybe really isn't just our own thoughts about ourselves. The devil is entering in our, into our mind in different ways and into our lives in different ways. And um, those thoughts are just us not thinking that we could be being attacked by the enemy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of thinking to myself, how can I be more positive? Um, but I think... A really big thing um, when it comes to this kind of topic is to always know that you can pray and talk to God about anything and he can take away some of those feelings from you um, I've had it happen all the time um, you know and you wouldn't even expect it it seems impossible but it happens yeah going off of all of that um, I I was one of those people that my whole life, I would keep everything bottled up inside me and would not let anyone know anything. Any negative thought I had, no one knew. Um, whether it was like an emotion that was negative, whether it was insecurities coming from, from looking at other people or from what people were telling me, um, or if it was just from being in dance and seeing someone do something better than me. Or like how Miss um, Alex was talking about how when somebody talks about something that you're doing that somebody else does so good, that getting in. I just never told anyone anything. Um, now I use it as a, I use humor as a coping mechanism, um, but it's literally a coping mechanism. I think that when you bottle things up, it gets worse and worse and worse and you never actually cope with it. It just settles in there and then you just become this negative energy and you have all these negative thoughts and that's not how we're supposed to think. Um, so how I got out of that, um, I'm actually going to read this Bible verse to go into how I got out of that. Um, it's 2 Corinthians 10 and it's verse 5. I'm going to skip it a little bit and go to the second part of verse 5. And it says, We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And that, I think, is extremely important because none of my thoughts that were in my brain were being captured or anything like that and being filled with truth and love until, honestly, probably quarantine when I started reading the Bible and praying and trying to, like, get my depression and my anxiety and my insecurities under control and it was literally me putting all of God's words and all of the things that he was telling me and all of the truth and light and love and um, the quote-unquote rules that he had and all that stuff going into my heart and being the words that were playing to my mind instead of the words that I was hearing from everyone else. So I think it's really important to look to the word because that's how we're supposed to think. We're supposed to think of the word first and him first rather than what society tells us, what our friends tells us, what our own thoughts tell us because um, that's the devil trying to get into that. Does that make sense? Yes, okay. it's kind of hard to explain. Um, yeah, so for, for example, I had to think 
thing for a second. Um, so they're probably the same as before quarantine happened. And we talked about this on our other podcasts where we feel like quarantine has given a revival to some people. So mm-hmm. people who were maybe living lukewarm now aren't anymore. And I feel like that's kind of where I am right now. But one thing is that's insane is that now – so some things like in the past, like years ago or even a few months ago that would have literally driven me insane, I, what am I trying to say, would be something that would like eat at me to the point where I just was always in a bad mood or like I was always thinking negatively 24-7 and, and it's really easy to blame other people for that feeling or um, sadness like, oh, if this wasn't happening to me, then I wouldn't feel this way. But it wasn't until I started really getting into the word and reading it to where when I finally had these feelings creeping up on me again, it it's almost like it reversed. And I was like, no, I feel bad that I feel this way because I know that I'm not supposed to feel this way. And I literally, like, I'm not even, like, this is gonna make me sound like crazy, but this is literally what happened. I was like really mad over something kind of dumb. And so I prayed and I was like, God, like I feel so guilty because I feel so mad about this. And I prayed and literally the next day it was like nothing was like I didn't have any of those thoughts anymore. And it was like insecure thoughts, you know what I mean? So how do you girls, because you can't just in the middle of class or in the middle of um, a family dinner or anything like that, you can't just whip out your Bible and read it and try or uh, just sit and pray because sometimes you're in the middle of a test and you have to like focus your time test, anything like that. How do you girls um, get your thoughts, your negative thoughts to leave your mind in the positive ones that God wants us to hear and think in your mind? Does that make sense? Something I kind of do when I'm in, like, school and I've had, like, a rough day, someone said something mean, I'm just not feeling great about myself, I kind of make a list of ten things in my head that I'm grateful for, like my family, something good that happened that day, my friends, or something I like about myself, something I like that I do, something (coughs) that just makes me happy, and I do a list of ten, and I I think to myself that's more things I like positive than are negative. I mostly just get like the negative thoughts in my head mostly when I'm like taking a time test and I try to just set aside everything that's in my mind and just focus on like what like the test is about but then towards like the middle of the test those thoughts will start to creep kind of back in my mind so then I have to just like stop for a little bit and just like take a breather and then just think about like what Addie was saying like make a list of like things that I like or like grateful for and then that kind of helps me get through the rest. Um, so here's a verse, um, it's pretty popular, you guys probably heard it, it's Joshua 1, 9, or heard it in some form, um, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go, um, and sometimes, like, whenever I think we hear those words, we're just like, yeah, okay, whatever, like, you know, we're just like, oh, whatever, like, he's with us, yeah, don't be discouraged, but do we really take into consideration that he's commanding us? to not be discouraged because he's made us this way and he's literally saying I'm with you no matter where you whatever happens wherever I put you whatever you accomplish whatever you don't accomplish I did that and put you on that path and I'm going to be glorified for it so don't be discouraged and I feel like sometimes we all of us like are just like okay whatever like don't be discouraged but we don't really think and consider he's literally saying to us do not do this because I'm with you all the time. I think that's also something that kind of gets 
mis what's the word mistranslated I guess interpreted something like that I guess um, not when he he commanded you to or he commanded us to not be afraid to not be mm-hmm. discouraged to not have these evil thoughts in our brain and I don't think that everyone realizes that that is a sin to have those in your mm-hmm. thoughts everyone has them so it's not like it's not like oh I'm saying this because I'm better yeah it's literally like everyone has these thoughts but it's still a sin just like lying everyone does it at some point in their mm-hmm. life but it's still a sin um, and this verse says it's Psalms 119 and it's verse 11 it says I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you I love this verse for a few reasons. Reason one, it says that I might not sin against you because it's going to happen, but we're trying not to. So the negative thoughts coming into our brain, it happens. Like there's not really a way to necessarily control it to not happen, but there's a way to control it to leave. Um, And I also love this verse because it says how to have that leave. It says um, that they have their, or his word hidden in their heart. That is the real purpose or the real, um, uh, the key for having the negative thoughts leave. Just like Addie and Maddie were saying, they think about all the positive things in their life. The positive things come from God. Like God is the positive in our life. He is our father. He's our best friend. He's, um, he is the love of our life. We're his bride. Um, and that's where all of it comes from. So if we have his word, his specific things that he tells us in our heart, and we train our minds to think in the positive ways, that's how we can get those negative things out and how we can try not to sin against him. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, I have a Bible verse. I, I never say this right. Can you say that? Cause I'm never saying that right. Philippians. Yes. I never say that right. I'm going to butcher it again. Philippians mm-hmm. 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that kind of just helps me, like, as Hallie Mack was saying about how to, like, kind of get those thoughts out of your head and, like, just help you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that verse is really helpful to think about. Like, God empowers me to live. God empowers me to keep going through the hard times. And you have to really think hey, this is really hard, I'm really sad, I'm really nervous, I'm really anxious, I'm not feeling good about myself, are you thinking, God put you on this earth, he's going to get you through it, just the same as he promised you at the beginning of your life, he's going to get you through this. He didn't promise you a life without pain or, or suffering, but he did promise you a life where he will eternally love you. Um, yeah, so going off of kind of what you guys are saying and like what um, Hallie said, it's that... Um, Sometimes we get really technical with what a sin is and what a sin isn't. We're like, well, if I'm doing this, then technically it's not a sin because it says thou shall not or like whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we we do that. Um, But really what sin is, and you see this throughout the entire Bible, like I think some things you have to read in context, but um, sin is basically when we separate ourselves from God. Wicked is literally, like, this sounds like wicked. It's like such a, when I say that word, I'm like, ooh, that's really evil. But they say it all the time in the Bible. And wicked is literally just not doing what God wants. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing what he wants, you're considered wicked in his eyes. It's kind of scary to think about, but, and we get so technical, right? We're like, okay, well, this isn't a sin, this is a sin. But what uh, you were saying was that it's a sin for us to get these negative thoughts in our heads and hate ourselves because he calls us not to do that. And then this Bible verse um, I thought was good. It's uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And whenever I hear that, I think, 
the spirit that God gives us, when we're hearing from the Holy Spirit or we're feeling the Holy Spirit within us, it's positive. It's good thoughts about ourselves. Um, God doesn't make us be afraid of things. God doesn't make us hate ourselves. Um, the spirit that he gives us is to love ourselves and to love um, how he made us and to do what he calls us to do. And I just thought that it was a good way to think about it because we're not going to feel fear and anxiousness and all this kind of stuff if it's from the spirit that God gives us, the Holy Spirit. Earlier in the week, um, I was just, just talking with my papal about, like, what he considered sin, and, like, it kind of opened my eyes more because, like, I've always, like, heard different things, like, oh, this is, but this isn't, and then, like, getting his perspective on it, it kind of opened my eyes up to see how, like, other people think, and he was like, well, some Christians believe that this is a sin, but then others think that it's not, and then they kind of twist, like, their own ways of thinking into making it right for themselves, even mm -hmm. though it's really not. Mm -hmm. Trusting the Lord. Yeah. Um, this is just some encouragement for anyone that is struggling with this um, or has struggled with it. You'll agree with me, hopefully, on this. <laughs> um, but I'm going to put it in dance terms, not necessarily terms, but in a dance way. God gives you talent and something. You might not think you're talented, but you could be smart. You could be whatever. God gives you that. He wants us to be confident in that. You're not going to be the best. I know I said this was encouraging, and it's about to be, I promise. You're not going to be the best. It's just not going to happen. You may be better than other people, but you're not going to be the best at anything. Um, you always have to work harder. But God wants you to be confident in that. So he's not going to give you this talent you have or the brain that you have or the personality that you have if he wants you to fail. Because he doesn't want you to fail. He wants you to use that to minister to other people or use that to gain knowledge on something or use that to make friendships, make a community with people. He wants you to use it. You may be like the best in, if it was dance, you may be the best in jazz but not so good in ballet. You may be the best in ballet but not so good at tap or anything like that. Um, but you're not going to be this perfect person at all of these things, um, whether it's football, whether it's arts, whether it's um, uh, English or math, anything like that. Um, so I think that that's something that we have to train our minds to not think. I am a perfectionist, and I, it's really hard to not think like this, but we kind of have to train our minds that we're not going to be perfect in it, but he gave us this gift to you, so clearly we have to be good at it. Maybe not perfect, but we have to be good. And if he gave us the opportunities that we have, if he gave us the friendships that we have, anything like that, we have to be able to use that for good because he's not going to have us do anything and fail. Um, going off of that, um, what you're saying in is that you use dance as a reference, and so I'm going to as well. So <laughs> I feel like you guys, <laughs> for the most part, w and you can agree or disagree but whenever you guys finish a dance you think well I'm not good enough or we're not good enough for this am I wrong or do you guys okay you can't hear them but they're nodding their heads at me <laughs> um but here's the thing will anything stop God's plan for us so even if like so for example if God wanted something to happen it's going to and if he doesn't want something to happen it's not going to and we might not understand why it won't or will happen but the point is is that like for example for nationals you guys go out on the stage and you do everything for him and if you guys don't make it to finals or you don't win it's still a part of his plan mm -hmm. and there's some reason for it um, it could be years down the road that you figure out what the reason is 
Um, but I think the point of it is that it's not everything to just be the best. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's just to do what God's calling is for you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I feel like I'm not doing the best on the team and like I'm kind of like like dragging down the team, one thing that Miss Heather keeps saying is that um, like for, for nationals, like um, if we're not going to win, then that's God's plan, and like that just kind of like helps me through that. Yeah, like winning is not everything. No. I mean, it's important. Like, it's it's like, ooh, it's cool if we win, but like, winning or not winning isn't going to change what how we affect the world or how we plant <coughs> seeds in people's lives. You could go out there and perform your contemporary, which um, I don't know if we've ever said this in the podcast. Their contemporary piece is like a, um, uh, what would you call it? It's a spoken word, so it's like a good message about. Uh, who Jesus is and it's for people who maybe haven't heard that message so they're going to go out there at nationals and they're going to perform that and even if it's just three people in the audience and the judges if they affect that one person that makes it worth it um they might not ever know that they affected that person and they might not even make it to finals but it doesn't matter because they were out there doing that it wasn't about whether or not they were going to win or make it to finals mm -hmm. kind of going back to what Maddie said whenever she feels like she's dragging down the team which you're not you are not dragging down this team. You are amazing. And Miss Heather kind of says, if you go out there and you lose, then that's God's plan. It's kind of important to know that everything that happens in your life is part of God's plan. If he wants you to, something bad to happen to you, then you have to think, hey, I can learn from this. I can make the best out of it. This is gonna sound very twisted and weird, but I think getting negative thoughts is actually super encouraging. And not because the negative thoughts are my brain, but because the devil puts negative thoughts in your brain to take you away from what God wants you to have or what God wants you to do with it or anything like that. So um, if the devil is saying uh, you're dumb, you're not smart enough to be here, you're not anything like that, or you're not talented enough to be um, on the football team, on the dance team, you're not talented enough to do art, anything like that, that's because God wants to use that somehow for his glory or somehow to better you and get you more confident or somehow just for him in general um, or for an experience for you and so when there's negative thoughts coming into your brain that is so encouraging because it's literally the devil is trying to get you off of your path and God is kind of like no like they're going to do this but you just have to get past those thoughts overwhelming you and thinking about the bigger future what God has for you um, back to like what Addie was saying a little bit ago and then what I was saying earlier um, it just kind of oh my god I forgot what I was saying worries that I, I I'll hear you think about it okay so this is what you just said um well okay so this is from the the book the screw tape letters um and just to give a little background the screw tape letters yes yeah. c.s lewis and it's basically like demons writing letters back and forth about how they can um affect humans um uh, so it's like an older demon writing a newer demon. It's, it's fiction, but it is a Christian-based based book. And, and there's this particular quote that I just looked up because I thought that what you said about it. So when we get negative thoughts, you said that you feel like sometimes it's encouraging. And actually, I feel like it can be too because um, usually when we get negative thoughts, it could be the devil planning it in our heads. But um, it's because he knows that we're on the way to do something. And so this quote I thought was really good. It's from the screw tape letters. I always remember it. And, and so just to put it in context, it's a demon writing a letter to another demon. So it's, it's 
Yeah. It says, be not deceived, woodworm. Our cause is never more in jeopardy than when a human no longer desiring, but still intending to do our enemy's will. So when they say their enemy's will, they're talking about God. Um, looks round upon a universe in which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken, but still obeys. So that's basically saying that their cause is um, lost when even when we have these negative thoughts, even whenever we think negatively about ourselves, we keep pushing on and we keep looking to God, even if we don't hear him sometimes. It's basically like the devil or the enemy or Satan or demons, whatever you want to call it, the, the things that enter our minds that aren't of God, it's like their cause is just pointless. Mm -hmm. And I, so whenever you said that, encouraging, in a way, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it, it's encouraging. You can, negative thoughts are always going to enter our heads because we're humans, but we have to keep pushing on and keep trying to push past that. And that's where the enemy, the devil's cause is lost. Mm -hmm. So I remember what I was saying to him earlier. So um, another thing that Ms. Heather always says is that, like, if we mess up during the piece or, like, um, one time they were talking about their old dance studio and like they all were supposed to be like doing something together but all of a sudden one of them kind of just like changed what they were supposed to be doing and like just kind of like acted like they were just talking straight to the audience and I was like oh my gosh like what if I mess up because then I'm like but wait God wanted me to mess up therefore it will be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your mess ups that you think are this big deal, this like traumatic, it ruined everything, are actually what God wanted you to do because that was more impactful than the other things. Whether it's in dance and you did a, a move that really spoke out more or you stared at a, the audience in a different way, or if it was an art and you accidentally um, marked up a part that wasn't supposed to be marked up, or marked up and it made it more beautiful. Um, sometimes the mess ups really do make it better. Um, just like when I'm not going to say that. Never mind. It doesn't make any sense. There's this <laughs> one thing that you always talk about, and it was a, I think it's a Bible verse, but you saying that reminded me of that, where it's like um, the broken... That's what I was going to say, but I didn't think it made any sense. <laughs> yeah, the broken pot. Or the... It's like uh, your brokenness he uses um, as a masterpiece. I can't remember the specific it's verse. Like, it's, it's like it's the broken pieces that you yeah. see and the lights inside of it. It reminds me of... Um, yeah. It reminds me of like... Um, not a stained glass window. Is it a ceramic? Is that what it's called? It's like a little pottery bowl. No, I know, but I'm talking about the window, like the, the art. The, the yeah, stained glass Is it a stained glass window? Yeah. Where they put all these different, it literally looks like broken glass, but they put it all together. It's a mosaic. They, it looks like it's broken glass, and they just put it all together into this beautiful picture. Or like the um, pottery um, thingy that you were just talking about that I don't know how to describe. The, pot, the pottery, the piece <laughs> of pottery, and you imagine that you've thrown it on the ground, and it's shattered into broken pieces. And then, the, then you take the broken pieces and you glue them back together. When you put a candle inside it, the light shines through mm -hmm. all the brokenness and it turns it into a beautiful masterpiece of yeah. art. So God literally takes this brokenness, this mess, this um, thing that you think ruined everything and made it into something that's even better, that's a masterpiece, that's really impactful to some people. Um, so some, so most of the time your mess ups, honestly every time, your mess up is not by accident, it's on purpose. And a lot of the times your mess ups actually make things better and encourage people more. Mm -hmm. Because some people, well, for example, our team last year, they were all first-year dancers except maybe one of them. And a lot of people, even though they maybe weren't the best, a lot of people were just, when they found out that they were first-year, they were like, wow, they're so brave. And they would feel like inspired by the fact that they were doing that. Not everybody, but it, mm -hmm. it, it impacted some people. And I feel like 
um, that, that just proves it's like you don't have to be the greatest. You don't have to be the greatest in the world. And when I say the world, I mean the world, right? Um, uh, it doesn't matter what we he- what we are here, you know, in the world. It's like as far as like titles that we would get, you know, because mm-hmm. we lose those eventually. And all that's going to matter is who God want. Did we do what God wanted us to do? Another thing, too, to think about in regards to the war in your head and the devil getting in your head, telling you you're not good enough, you're bringing the team down, you're, you're not worth whatever you think you're not worth. Um, we get so involved in our heads of being the best, being good enough, being worthy of whatever, being... being um, well, the best. We get so involved and so consumed with thinking that that we doubt ourselves. We spend all of this time worrying. We don't enjoy a single moment of all of the practicing because we get in the car and we cry and we say we, we were terrible that day. But what we really missed was the bonding between the team. What we really missed was the growth from the beginning of practice to the end of practice. And sometimes um, God's plan is not about getting that trophy it's about the journey to the trophy and if we focus on the trophy we miss the journey and that's what the devil doesn't want us to hear that's not that's what the devil doesn't want us to see he wants us to focus on um the big picture that we might not have instead of the bonding experience the journey the message that we're reaching to all these other people the close community that we're having here with each other and our friends Um, that's what the devil's wanting us to miss, and that's why the negative thoughts get in our head. Um, Yeah. I feel like going back to saying, like, if you focus too much on winning, you're going to miss the journey. Mm -hmm. One of our teams, or I feel like what our team's biggest struggle is, Palm, because it's either me, a first-year dancer, no clue what I'm doing, but I'm figuring out as I go along, or we have ballerinas that are very flowy and very pretty. It's hard for us to kind of get the idea of Palm, and we're all getting so stressed, like we're messing this up. But we kind of have to think, this is a journey. We're going to nationals. A first-year team, we're going to nationals, and we're competing. It, it doesn't matter if we mess it up, but it's the journey that got us there. I have another Bible, Bible verse, and I never say this one right either. Well, that one is Ephesians. hard. No, 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 I was thinking Ephesians. Ephesians. I thought that I would never say hard. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 11, Put the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Yes, that's kind of what I was saying earlier with sometimes I think whenever it comes to our heads, we forget um, to think about that as being an attack. Sometimes we think of attacks as like outward things that are happening to us. Um, But I think that the devil really, his playground I feel like is people's minds. I mean, Mm -hmm. he has a lot of places that he likes to play around. But, you know, I feel like he gets in people's minds and we don't think about that, you know. Um, and as far as that goes, that's us putting that armor up, right? We have to be prepared, right? So if I start thinking really negative thoughts that, and I'm feeling mean almost, because sometimes we can be really mean to ourselves, <laughs> you know? Um, I have to think, Lord, is this really what I'm supposed to be thinking? Like, we really have to give that all to him and pray about it, because that in itself is 
putting up spiritual armor, being aware and being alert, kind of like what the first Bible verse I read, I think it said something like, stay alert. We have to be, uh, we have to kind of always be knowing that the enemy is like anywhere. Like he's even in our minds, he's in our lives, um, he's in other people. And um, that with that, we have to think, okay, is our spiritual armor up? And I feel like when we start thinking about it like that, that's where the focus needs to be. Like, is my focus on God or am I focusing on me? And our armor is the word of God. It's mm-hmm. our community of Christian friends, not just friends, like people who are in the word as well, people who are encouraging your faith. That's our armor. A lot of people, when they hear the word like um, armor, they think of like actually putting on stuff or they think of just like um, just being, I don't know, I'd, a lot of people I know, they'd be like, well, what am I supposed to put on? But it's really like you have to train yourself to think the positive way. You have mm-hmm. to read the word. You have to have that is your armor because that's what you use to um, train yourself to think positive. That's what you use when people are getting in your head or when they're coming up to you and saying all these bad things. Like you use the word of God and you use your relationship with him. That's your armor. I feel like going back to what Miss Alex said about our mind being the devil's playground, it, this really takes it back to like the bully on the playground and how your parents always told you, don't let the bully win, don't let the bully bring you down. It's the same, just imagine the devil being the bully. The devil's trying to bring you down, trying to turn you against God, and it's like the bully trying to turn you against your friends or turn you against your parents or make you feel bad about yourself. De- the devil is trying to turn you against God to make you either not love yourself or not love your family or not love him. You can't let him win. Don't let the bully win. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 actually discusses all of the um, armor, the spiritual armor, like there's actual spiritual armor that you're supposed to subconsciously put on. And the thing that I like, the, the helmet, the helmet stands is the helmet of salvation. And I love the fact that, that that part is the helmet because it's protecting our head and our brain that no matter what bad thoughts we think, we know that we have the grace and, and the mercy of the salvation of Jesus. So I, I'm, I, I think that's a very cool visual, so to speak. But when it comes to the actual armor, um, there's the specific armors. There's the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the breastplate of righteousness. And I remember our pastor in Texas, he did a, he talked about the spiritual our armor and how when he was a kid growing up, every morning his dad would pray with him. And the prayer would be him, and he, he said that he would, I don't know if you remember this, mm-hmm. Hallie, but he said that he would, his dad would have him stand up out of his bed and he would be like, okay, let's put on our, let's put on our helmet of salvation. And he would pretend to put a helmet on and they would pray that his, his mind would be protected and that his he would he would always remember that he is saved by you know the, the blood of Jesus, but that his brain will be protected and his, from the evil thoughts and the temptations. And okay, put on your breastplate of righteousness because you are good and you are going to do good things and you are only you know it's all the specific little things. The feet, the sandals of peace because when you're going to go to school today, you're going to you're going to have the heart of peace. You're going to walk in peace. You're going to say good things and speak life to people and. All of those things, I think that we need to be more diligent about putting on the spiritual armor ourselves every morning when we wake up. Because when we put on that armor, as silly as it sounds, if we go through the motions and we say it and we pray it over ourselves with you know with God, not pray it over ourselves like we have that power and authority, but pray with God's authority to have all of that over us, 
that we can go through the day and, and have that start our day to where we are not letting the negative thoughts come into us. Because the fact of the matter is, is God made us exactly how he wanted us to be. He gave us the talent that he exactly wanted us to have. And he did that for a specific purpose. And if he is the almighty, all-powerful God that we believe he is, absolutely nothing's going to stop that, including us getting into our heads. But let's make it easier on him by not getting in our heads. I saw a um, devotional. I think it was the one that you showed me. It was the Revelations one. And they talked about, like, Jesus fighting Satan with a sword. It was just like a visual picture. And it said that he fights Satan with his sword. And the, his sword is what he said and what he did whenever he was like his words um and overcoming and and death and and that's how he would fight him but you pastor daniel is always saying something and he said it a couple of times i don't remember what the quote is but he's talking about um the reason why we memorize scripture is so that we can um it was something do you know what i'm talking about he said yeah. we memorize scripture because it's like it puts it on our hearts um but I also think of Pokes it in this way. It, 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 he says something, something like that. But basically, what it what it makes me think of is like the reason why we remember remember scripture and we have to know what God's word is is because our thoughts that we have in our minds end up becoming what we do, and end up becoming our our actions. Like our words that and we emotions. think in our heads and our emotions become what we do, mm -hmm. and um, that's why it's really important for us to put on that spiritual armor. Or whatever you say but I think of that as like we have to know what the word says just like what she was saying in Ephesians um, and uh, in order for that because if we are constantly thinking about us and how oh we're bad at this oh I'm terrible at this or blah 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 how are we going to spread the gospel to people or impact people we're so self-centered like because really that's what it is like like the enemy's making us self-centered by thinking negatively about ourselves. So we have to remember what the actual truth says. That way we can be armed correctly through each day. I hope this goes with this because it popped in my head and I think if it pops in your head then you're supposed to say it. But there's a verse that says something like love your neighbor as yourself. Don't remember what verse it is. A lot, a lot. Because it says it a lot. But it says that verse. And I was talking about this with my friend um, G the other day. The other day was actually like four months ago. But love your neighbor as yourself. How are you supposed to love your neighbor as yourself if you hate yourself and your negative thoughts make you negative person? Because that's then you have to hate your neighbor. When it, the Bible doesn't say that, it says to love them as yourself. So the devil's trying to make you self-centered, and he's been trying to make you either self-centered in a quote-unquote positive way by being like, oh, I'm the best of the best. I am the most confident person in this room. Oh my goodness. Or, which is also negative thoughts if you're thinking that boastful of yourself. Or if it's the opposite where it's so like, I am a piece of trash. I am worth all of that stuff he's trying to make you self-centered in that way mm -hmm. when the Bible is saying love your neighbor as yourself you're supposed to be confident and humble you're supposed to be um, uh, that that's really the biggest thing is confident and humble like you're supposed to be all of those things you're supposed to be light you're supposed to be loving so that's how you have to love your neighbor as yourself you have to love them as a confident and humble person like that because if you keep your negative thoughts where you hate yourself or where you only think about yourself, you're not going to think about your neighbor because you're only going to think about yourself. Or it's going to be twisted to where you only think about your neighbor and you hate yourself constantly and you can't love them the way you're supposed to. 
And I think, too, it's important to touch on, like, whenever we, well, I know for me and Hallie, like, when we're talking about, like, what love is, I'm thinking about me loving somebody is me caring about their salvation, me caring about how God wants me to love them, not how the world tells me to love them. Because I, I've also heard a lot of arguments from people saying, like, well, I can hate myself but love other people. What are you talking about? Like, I've, I've, yeah. I've actually seen people say that recently. And while I agree to an extent... As in, like, you can always be kind to people and um, love them, but are we showing that unconditional love that Jesus shows us, that he calls us to do, if we're also hating ourselves? Yeah. You know? Because um, you had said, how can you love others? Yeah. And I was like, well, someone might be like, well, I can love. But I'm talk- yeah. what we're talking about, can we show them the gospel? Can we show, are we caring about their salvation? Are we showing them the love that the Bible talks about? Yeah. Um, the Bible... Um, now, I, I know personally people who have taken this to the extreme um, and, in my opinion, have made a sin out of this Bible verse. But um, the Bible does say that the tongue has the power of life and death. And I believe that um, the meaning behind that is that we literally can wound or kill our spirit or someone else's spirit with our words. And when we wake up in the morning and we're getting ready for work or for school and we look in the mirror and we say, man, I'm trash today. You've, before you've even started your day, you have literally just spoke death into your day. Not death as in I'm going to die today, but death as in, you know, nothing, completely negative. And to be quite honest with you, evil. Because anything that is not of God is evil. And mm-hmm. just like anything that is not of God is a sin. And, um, and we have to, and, and, and when we do, for example, from dance practices, when we're finished practicing and we'll say, tell me one thing that you guys did good, and you can't figure out one thing good, even though you're not speaking it, you're speaking death to the team. You're speaking death to yourself as a performer. In your God mind created you're us. Huh? Mm-hmm. In your mind, you're speaking death. Yes, in your mind, you're speaking death. God literally, for whatever reason, called the four girls on our team to be on our team whoever's at work right now at walmart for whatever reason god called them to be at walmart at this moment so we can't be speaking anything but positivity and love and light into it um, because god has us here there's a reason for it again it might just be for the journey but the journey is the best part i mean we have trophies in our studio from national last year's nationals and they're sitting there collecting dust. We don't talk about the trophies. We mm-hmm. talk about the journey and the experience mm-hmm. of nationals. Yeah. That those they're just there for decoration. And decoration is not nearly as important as how the decorations are made. Yeah. Um kind of what you were saying like the thing too that I think a lot of people I say a lot of people. A lot of people do this, but I'm thinking in terms of like our practices and things. Everyone is so critical on themselves for things that I don't even know if I can physically do anymore. Like, you know, it'll be like, oh, my toe touch is terrible. And I, like, can't even get my leg to do that anymore. (laughs) Um, And so it's just funny because what someone else, you also have to think positively in the way that, like, what you're good at, somebody else might not even, might not even be able to do anymore. So you have to... Um, or could ever do. Yeah, you, you have to think to yourself, okay, just because I, I think that I could do this better, you Sorry. can want to improve, but make sure that 
like, we have to keep in our heads, too, that we're not improving just because, oh, I want to improve because I'm bad, right? We have to think, I want to improve because I know that I can do better and I'm going to do my best, right? Like, this is switching that positive thinking because, um, yeah, I just get this about every, it's just so funny because I've seen so many different people dance and so many different teams and um, nobody's the same. And so mm-hmm. it's just so funny because they're, they're all, y'all are so hard on yourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that but, was me growing up, not even talking about dance, but just talking about in life. I was six foot two inches tall when I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade, six foot two. I would, you know, my nickname was Elast- Girl. That was before they even had the Incredibles. And they called me Stretch, and they called me Plaz. Apparently there was some superhero doll that you could stretch that was, they called him Plaz or something, I don't even know. Uh, they called me Amazonian Woman. Um, they called me giraffe. I mean, every single name that had to do with being tall, I was called that. I would get up in the morning, and I couldn't buy clothes. No, I was not, I'm not considered tall. I'm considered ultra tall. Tall, when you buy clothing, and that's even special ordering, it's a 34-inch inseam. I have a 36-inch inseam. So I don't even, I'm, I'm so weird that I can't even special order my clothes because I'm too weird for that even. So growing up in junior high, I mean, having the hormones, the puberty, everything, and dealing with that, I would wake up and look in the, I, I looked in the mirror in the morning, and I never looked in the mirror again. I only looked in the mirror when I put on my morning makeup, when I started to be old enough to wear makeup, and I brushed my teeth, and that was it. I didn't look in the mirror ever again. If we changed for sports, because I played tennis, I didn't look, I was in the locker room, but nowhere near mirrors. I never looked at myself in the mirror, because I had literally become ashamed of what I looked like. And, and it's, a sh- it's a shame looking back as an adult because I spent so much of my life consumed with how tall I was and being this weird creature that God created that I didn't enjoy it. I missed out. I felt so uncomfortable that, um, that I, I allowed myself to be disassociated from friends and from groups. I allowed myself to, to just isolate myself and I missed out on memories. I missed out on that journey that we keep talking about. It's been the journey was what was more important. And we have to understand and accept the fact that, I mean, now I love being tall. I'm claustrophobic, but going to crowded parks, amusement parks, my head's above everybody. I'm still getting fresh air, <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay. And, um, but you know, we have to, uh, there was a day, a moment in my life that I had to realize, Heather, do you believe in God? Because you're smacking God in the face and telling him he's wrong for creating you this way. Who do you think you are to tell God he's wrong for creating you this way? And it was when I had that own come to Jesus moment and I realized, you know, the, the guilt and the, the sin of hating myself, um, then I started enjoying life and realizing that, you know, God did a pretty cool thing because nobody else can say they're my height. I mean, other people can say they're my height, but you know what I mean. For the most part, nobody can say they're my height. I am unique. People know me as the tall girl because you know what? People know me. That's awesome. Some people are unknown. I mean, I need to think of these positive things. And that's what we have to do. We have to start getting this war in our head. We have to win it because the devil is picking apart how we are with dance, how we look, how we are with our grades, how we are with, um, with our feet, 
what we think about our eyes, our nose. We should get a nose job. I mean, all of these things that we keep thinking about and we keep having the devil just work in our head and he's winning. We don't want him to win. I don't want him to win. I just, I just yeah, I know I said something that referred me to something. Oh, so going on what you say, this is like related. Oh, I'm sorry. You go first. You go first. You can go I don't ahead. want you to forget what you're saying. Um, I forgot. Um, <laughs> oh, I it is. So one thing that I really thankful for, at, especially being at a young age, is the fact that I believe in God very strongly, and that's kind of helped me, especially like going through like struggles of like being in like high school and like transferring from being in school to then not in school and then back to school and then back at home, and it's just very been very hard. But then like. I feel like, oh my gosh, I've God on my side. So like, why haven't I just like been thinking about that? Oh, I was just gonna <laughs> say you you talking about your tall situation just reminded me of whenever I was in like middle school and high school. Um, when you thought you were a mermaid. Yes. <laughs> no, I didn't think <laughs> that was sad. One. I just tried to compare. <laughs> I just tried to trick people. Um, um, but she one was thing. Cool. <laughs> listen, cell phones didn't exist back then. Well, they did, but. No one had them. <laughs> what else are we supposed to do? Um, no, but one thing that I... Okay, so I was like... Uh, it runs in the family, but okay, so you guys had the opposite problem, right? You got really tall whenever you were in junior high and because you went through puberty early. I was the opposite. I went through puberty really late. Like, I'm talking 15 years old, sophomore in high school. I looked like I was 11 years old for at least two years of high school. And I... And I wouldn't, like, not go to social events or anything like that, but I would let it consume my thoughts so much that I literally thought that I was just, like, so terrible looking. Like, I had braces. I was really awkward. I, I, I didn't dance as well either because I was in dance at this point, and I, and I would be really timid because I'm like, oh, I'm so awkward. It's, it's hilarious when I watch videos. But if I could go back and tell myself, just chill out. Like, it's really not. Like, like if I could go back and tell my junior high self, that it really do, it doesn't matter as much as you think it does and I feel like with time you start realizing it's like now I'm like because what it was it's like everybody else was like they all looked older and like mature and the guys like them and like people in seventh grade and eighth grade are mean and they'd be mm -hmm. like you like you look like you're you know they would say meaner things than what I'm gonna say yeah. here <laughs> but um it would let it would consume my thoughts but if I could go back in time and just tell like my younger self hey like it's really mine. It's meaningless, just like they talk about in um, what is it? I'm blanking Ecclesiastes. on Ecclesiastes. It's meaningless. Everything anyone says like that. The only thing that matters is what God calls you to do. If I could tell myself that, I would go back in time and do that. We have to train our minds to think positive. We have to code ourselves with the word. We have to focus on Jesus. We have to be in His word, not just code our hearts with it. Well, that's how you code your hearts with it. Um, we have to do all of those things. Um, we really hope you enjoyed our podcast. This is our word from our sponsor. Cheese. We hope you enjoyed our word from our sponsor. If you're able to, close your eyes, bow your head, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for everything that you've given us and everything you've taken away, Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity for this podcast, God. We pray that this reaches at least one person out there that is struggling with this or um, has struggled with this and knows people that this can help, God. Um, we pray for the rest of this week, God, that it is just um, amazing and that you help us train our minds to think positive, Jesus. We love you, we praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.